Fantastic. Well, if I'm thinking about uh, momentum, possibly a way that I could say that is from Isaiah 60, verse 1 to 4, and it says at the start there, arise, shine. And so I'm going to break that down in a, in a moment. But momentum by definition, and I think the guys might have this definition uh, up on the screen, momentum by, the defi- by one definition anyway, Webster's, the strength or force that allows something to continue or to grow stronger or faster as time passes. And so there is a force within us. We have an impetus that is allowing us to continue and grow stronger. And this is the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the grave. That is the same power that is at work in us for those of us that apprehend that power by believing in in his name. And so momentum and growth is limited, I believe, to the extent we understand who we are and what we have. Because the enemy is very strategic to make sure that you never step into the fullness of understanding of who you are in Christ and what you have in Christ. And that's the way that he can limit us and contain us. So Isaiah 60 verses 1 to 4, it says, Arise, and that means to stand up, stir up, and lift up. That's not bad, is it? You can feed back, okay? Stand up, stir up, and lift up. It also means to continue. Shine is just not about looking bright, but bringing light. For us to shine, this is the call of the church, is to shine. And I'll explain what that means, but this is for us to actually bring the light of Jesus Christ into the world. That means we change atmosphere. We can change culture. We can start in our home. We can take it to our workplaces. Wherever we are, we are the agents of change because of the power that is at work in our lives. So, for your light has come. It's not something yet to happen. The light has come. Whatever we need has happened 2,000 years ago. This is good news. And now it's the appropriation of what God has already done on the cross through Jesus that actually we can actually see established in and through our lives. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, thick darkness of peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you, and nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your son shall come from afar, and your daughter shall be carried on the hip. I'm not quite sure what that last bit really means, but it sounds good. Maybe they're just a very hip people. Anyway, the light has come. There's three things in sequence That can't be altered chronologically, according to Ravi Zacharias, and that is redemption, righteousness, and worship. And I believe this, is that we arise through redemption and righteousness. We need redemption. We need to be redeemed from our past in order to actually enter into the free gift of righteousness. But from righteousness, we are then in a place to fully worship God. And if you don't feel fully righteous, you'll be limited in your ability to express Christ in your life to others. Worship is not just about singing a song. I love singing a song together in a service like this. But worship is about us being engaged in our gifts and calling 
And then when we are fully engaged in these things, to the honor of Jesus, we shine to the people around us. Do you see that tonight? Okay, you can be enthusiastic. It's all okay. It's good. (laughs) Core to our identity in God is righteousness. This is core to our identity. This positions us to shine and to bring him glory. And that glory is actually seen upon us. And the promise is nations will come. There's many nations here already. But the nations will come. The Armenians will come. All nations will come because the church rises in her identity, worshipping Jesus through her gifts and calling. Lift up our eyes. I believe this, that we don't look without limitations or prejudice because there's people everywhere ready to come into a relationship with Jesus. We just have to go on the Facebook and have one name in Sydney, just the first name, and you find that person. That's amazing, Dorian. He might think you're a bit of a stalker, but that's amazing. <laughs> he came to church. What a great thing that you actually reached out to him. And see, I believe that Jesus wants us to intentionally look and have a vision for this, that there is people everywhere around us. It is beautiful when believers do shine through their gifts. And in particular, if I'm thinking about a moment of time in this church, it will be your Christmas spectacular. Do you have some photos? That uh, Can I just see some of those photos? See, this is a couple that are shining. Look at hearts. He shining. Everyone, just take a moment right now. After three, I want you to shine. Okay, one, two, three. Okay. The next photo... And another one, and another one, oh, look at that, that's awesome, and another, yep, fantastic, that's it, okay, I was after a few of the volunteers, but that's okay, the reason the Christmas spectacular was in fact spectacular we actually had an event up at Runga. We called it Christmas Tacular because it was a bit sculled back. <laughs> Budget was a bit lower, uh, fewer people. So we didn't think to add spectacular at the front, but anyway, no, that's just a bit of a joke. But anyway, <laughs> and a bad one. But uh, the reason it was spectacular is because the church rolled up their sleeves and were volunteering and doing it with excellence. And they were serving, you know, with their gifts and their calling. And that's worship. And, and the unchurch is attracted to that. The unchurch craves that. Does that time go down or up? Down. Can we go do it up? It, just in about 10 minutes. No, no, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> they asked me at Central City the other day, do you want the time to go down or up? I said, both. When it gets to two minutes, just anyway. The world needs to see our light. Darkness signifies despair. Light signifies hope. The church, the body of Christ, is the hope to the world. And so it's through our relationship with the triune God that through the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit that we are truly liberated to shine in this life. Now, we don't have any light of ourselves. Kerry and myself, uh, that's my wife, by the way, in case you're wondering, we moved to an apartment. And so we had a house, we've always had a house, but all the kids are out of the house at the moment. And I said, quick, Kerry, let's move before they come back. (laughs) So we went to a two-bedroom apartment on the beachfront. 
If you're wondering if I'm a little bit tanned, it's not because I'm sunbaking. When I pray in the morning, the sun just hits me straight in the face. But sometimes, you know, when there's a full moon and it's clear, you see the moon rising over the water and it's just glorious. You can't help but be mesmerized by the moon. And the reason that you see so much light is that it's just reflecting the sun and it's positioned in such a way that it's actually got the whole surface on one side lit up for our benefit. This is the same when we position ourselves correctly in Christ, in the Father, in the Holy Spirit. We can see all of our lives shine the way that God intended. That's what the world wants in Jesus' name. Yeah, I heard one clapping. That's good. That was slightly underwhelming. Let's try that one more time. Okay. Okay. There's, there's a measure there. There's... Ephesians 2.10, <laughs> for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So it is a father that is the one that is connected to work. It is a son that is connected to word. It is a Holy Spirit that is connected to worship. Word, work, and worship. The father, it's his workmanship. We are designed by him. He worked out exactly the way that he wanted us to be. But we are created in Christ Jesus. Because we were raised in a fallen environment, we had to now get created back to the original intention that God had for us. Do you see that tonight? And so we are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which comes from the Holy Spirit. And so we need a relationship with the Father because it's from the Father we get our identity. We need a relationship in Christ because it's in Christ we get formed into that identity. And we need a relationship with the Holy Spirit because it's through the Holy Spirit that we actually can engage in the call and purpose that God has for our lives. We need all three to actually be engaged in our life. Do you see that? So just a couple of examples. There was a prodigal son. Now we know the story, the prodigal son. He got separated, he made a bad choice, and then he made another bad choice. And normally that's what happens. One bad choice will lead to another bad choice. And so the prodigal son from these decisions got separated from his father's house. He ended up in a distant land. Uh, there was famine came into that land because what was in his heart got into the environment. But the Bible says that in Luke that he came to himself. If he was coming to himself, that means he was away from himself. Why was he away from himself? Because he was away from a relationship with his father. He needed to be in his father's house to be reminded of who he was. Once he got disconnected and estranged from that relationship, he lost who he was. The same with us. We need to be in the father's house. We need not to come casually, but consistently, so we can be reminded week in, week out in connect groups and services who we are in Christ. And so he came to himself and then went back. And then he was fully restored into a relationship. I won't go into the details, but three things he received. Number one, he received a robe. The robe represents his identity. The robe represents righteousness. It's got to be at the core of our identity that we stand right with God. The second thing was that he received a ring, a signet ring that gave him authority within the estate. After we know who we are, we have the authority in Christ 
to actually exercise whatever we ask for in prayer. And the third thing that he received was sandals for his feet, which really signifies purpose. When we have authority, we can then engage in the purpose of the Holy Spirit. This was a restoration in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We see Peter. He's hanging around with Jesus. He gets a revelation of who Jesus is. Why did he get a revelation? Because he was a good guy doing all the right things? No, because he was hanging around Jesus. How do we get revelation? Because we hang around Jesus. It's not because you have a good day or a bad day that you have a successful week or an unsuccessful week. It's because you hang around Jesus. <laughs> revelation comes. And when revelation comes, what he received, first of all, was you were Simon, now you are Petros. He received identity. The next thing he receives, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. He receives authority. And the third thing that he receives, I will build my church. He receives purpose to build the church. The difference, though, between the prodigal and Peter is the prodigal actually had come to a point of complete failure. Therefore, he was qualified for righteousness. Peter had not. He was still full of himself. He had to go on a journey where he had to discover that he can't do it in his own strength. There may be people here tonight and you've been trying to do it in your own strength. God doesn't need your help. He needs your cooperation. But it's an empty you that he can fill with his fullness and then the burden will be light and the yoke will be easy. Yeah. When the prodigal was least qualified, he became qualified. When we discover that we are least qualified, we become qualified. This is good news. Now, this righteousness that we receive is not just something that is for us. It's actually the righteousness of Christ. Jesus didn't just come. Just thought I'd try that. Hang on, Jesus didn't just come to clean our slate. Have you, got a, have you got a watch? Just take it off while I'm talking. Thank you. Just do it. Trust me. It'd be okay. Jesus didn't just come to clean our slate. He actually came. It's like, you know, if you were a million dollars in debt, and I hope you're not. It's not that hard to be in that much debt with the mortgages these days. But anyway, if you're a million dollars in debt, it's not that Jesus just paid your million dollars. It's like he paid that debt plus put a billion dollars in your bank account. That's what, what it is, the transaction. If I can have that watch just for a moment. Thank you, that's a nice watch. I figured that you'd have a nice watch. This is not an illustration. I just don't have a watch, so I just needed one. That's... Thank you. Give, give Leon a hand for his generosity. The point is this. The watch... Leon's watch, a nice watch. Well, let's pretend it's a nice watch. <laughs> no, it's a nice watch. This watch, because he gave it to me, did not change. Is that right? It's exactly the same watch. There's no difference to this watch. After it left Leon's hands, the watch remains exactly the same in my hands. Christ's righteousness, when he left when it left him to us, is exactly the same righteousness. This is foundational to your identity. You stand right before God 
not because of anything that we have added, but because of his righteousness. That's what God sees when he looks at you. Amen? Amen. You can have that watch back. Thank you. Sorry, I'm coming up here. I better move quickly. Thank you, Jesus. Three things that I'm going to com communicate to you. Number one, continue in the word. Continue in the word. It's through biblical narrative. It's through here that we can actually discover our lives. We can extract our lives from scripture. This is what we call spiritual formation. If you haven't gone to Bible college, you don't understand these terms, go to Bible college. These sort of teaching will actually liberate your life. Do what Leon said, join a college because you'll get some great teaching and it will make sense. It'll help you make sense about a lot of things that we talk about up here in the pulpit. But in here is your life. And it's through the story of his redemption, you discover your own story of redemption. And so we need to continue in the word, not just hear the word, but continue in it. In James chapter 1, verses 22, sorry, verse 22 and onwards, it says, Be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of person he is. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, say continues, in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. The work that we have to engage is in faith. Sorry, I didn't say that quite right. It sort of came out a little bit mumbly there. I'll say that one more time. The work we have to engage in is faith. It's not something that you actually have to get into a place of behavior modification. It's not about you adjusting yourself, but it's about the word adjusting your life. We can't achieve wholeness, but we can receive wholeness. When we look into the word, we restart to receive the wholeness that God already knows that we have in Christ Jesus. You're more beautiful than you think you are. You're more whole than you think you are. You're more righteous than you think you are. You're more peaceful than you think you are. You're more joyful than you think you are. You're more powerful than you think you are. You're more confident than you think you are. You're more victorious than you think you are. You're more complete than you think you are. You are just more than you think you are. Why can I say that? Why can I say that? In Isaiah it says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways. He can do immeasurably more than what we can ask or think. So our thinking will limit the view that God has for us. But we can have the God thoughts because scripture is his thoughts clothed in language. And when we receive that word, that's when we're receiving his understanding of who we are. And the word is a mirror. A mirror cannot create. Have you ever noticed that? I mean, I'd like my mirror to make some adjustments. Less wrinkles, please. Do you, do you, if you're a bit mature here, do you have any mirrors that you know you really like looking into because the light's right and, you know, it just makes you look younger? And then there's some mirrors that really are nasty. <laughs> but anyway, we avoid those nasty mirrors. But a mirror just reflects what it sees. It doesn't change. It doesn't create. You hear that? This is a natural mirror. The Bible is also a mirror, which is what James said. It's a spiritual mirror. It reflects a true you. And the thing is, we have to make a choice 
which mirror we're going to continue in. Are we going to continue to look at the physical circumstances? Are we going to continue to look at the opinions in the past? Because that will keep us stuck. But if we want to move on, we have to commit to continue in the Word of God. Now, just to illustrate this in a story, and it's an old story, but it helps to make the point. There was a guy called Smith Wigglesworth who wrote a book called Ever Increasing Faith. And one of the stories he cites was doing a crusade in England in a particular town. And at the end of the crusade, he had a time for testimonies. And during this time of testimonies, many people came up and declared that they had a miracle, that they had been healed. And there was one woman that came up who had a goiter on her neck and she said, I want to thank my Lord Jesus Christ and his servant Smith Wigglesworth. Tonight I was healed of goiter, but the goiter was on her neck. People saw, oh, well, she's receiving it by faith. No problem. She went off. A year later, he comes back to the same town, has the crusade at the end, the testimonies, and the woman from the previous year came up and gave a testimony. I want to thank my Lord Jesus Christ and his servant Smith Wigglesworth. One year ago, I was healed from goiter. The goiter was still there, and it had grown, and it was bigger. Another year passes, and Smith Wigglesworth comes back, has a crusade, the testimonies happened, and yes, the woman with the goiter was there, came up and said, I want to thank my Lord Jesus Christ and his servant Smith Wigglesworth because two years ago I was healed from goiter and it was still there and it was bigger than ever. This time, a deacon got upset. When she walked down, he walked up to her. He said, woman, the goiter's still on your neck. You're an embarrassment. And she said nothing to him and smiled. She just went home. Now, this is what she had to deal with for two years. Something had happened two years earlier where she had received a word and she made a commitment. When she looked into that bathroom mirror in the morning to make herself up for the day or in the evening to prepare for her bed, she's looking beyond just a natural reflection. It's screaming at her. It's tormenting her. But she could look beyond that to a spiritual mirror that actually was as real, if not more real, than that natural reflection. As she went to sleep that night, she said, Jesus, thank you that you healed me of goiter. I pray that you would help the people see it. The next morning she woke up, the goiter was all gone. Two years, she continued in the word. If we continue in the word, and this is not, you know, faith is not presumption. Presumption is, you know, this sort of like, lazy sort of approach to God. But faith just keeps on keeping on with the word. If we need a breakthrough in an area, just find a scripture that God is speaking to you. You know, don't only come to the pastor. Don't only come to the healing evangelist, Brett Linda. That would help. But the thing is, if there is an ongoing problem in our life, God has a word that is to true you. It is going to reflect in your circumstances. And it doesn't even matter if your circumstances don't change. If we apprehend that truth by faith, we're pleasing to God. Whether we get the breakthrough or not, it really doesn't matter because we now are standing up in our identity and a breakthrough is possible in Jesus' name. Very quickly, you are not becoming my friend, by the way. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. He's a timekeeper. Continuing fellowship. We can't discover who we are in isolation. The self-made person can never arrive at their true identity intended by God. 
Our individual distinction is not diminished through committed relationships. Sometimes people think by committing to relationships, they're going to lose their identity, but quite the opposite. Your individual distinctiveness, thank you, thank you. But can we just, just say thank you for the grace and the mercy from hearts and that, just, just give them a hand clap quickly. Just put up that picture quickly. Now that I've got four minutes, I'll put up that picture. <laughs> Just put up that picture. See this flower here. Now this stem, a stem was grafted in to another stem, okay? It was grafted in. So we have like a white flower and a red flower that were grafted together. The outcome is this flower with different patterns. It's unique. When we get grafted into community of Christ, when we truly get grafted in, we don't lose our individuality. Our individual distinctiveness rises to the optimum level. We can have fully expressed truly who we are by being committed to community. I would say to you, if you really want to get unstuck and have momentum this year, make a commitment to be grafted into the community of Silverwater. Make a commitment to be grafted into connect groups. Make a commitment to be grafted into volunteerism. Just get involved and you'll find that your life will start to shine and flourish exactly the way that God intended in Jesus' name. Am, am I getting a little bit aggressive here? Is that okay? Religion is great, but you in Christ is beautiful, is gorgeous. 1 John 5, 7, sorry, 1 John 1, verses 5 to 7, this is the message which we have heard from him declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Walking in the light and fellowship is synonymous. If you walk in fellowship with others, you'll be cleansed. There is something about the rub of other people in our life that helps us to get shaped and stay in a place where we are clean before God. The, the person that seeks their own desire, Proverbs says, they'll isolate themselves. But you in isolation can never become that the person that God intended you to be. We've got a girl in our congregation up at Runga called Nicole Mathis. And so many, three years ago, she had a bad accident where she fell on a concrete boat ramp and her jaw was smashed. And for three years, she has been in excruciating pain. Uh, it actually dislocates uh, four, five, six times a day. Sometimes because she's smiling, sometimes for no reason at all. Every time she smiles, it's actually excruciating. Now, to her credit, um, I didn't actually know anything about this, and I thought she was actually really just a happy, easygoing person. So that was quite, quite good on her part that she was so brave. And then one night, this is going back about two months now, three months now, one night before coming to church, she was feeling pretty depressed about this, and she decided she wasn't going to go to church the next day. In the morning, she decided to go anyway. Best thing you could do. When you don't feel like going to church, come to church. When you don't feel like going to connect group, come to connect group. That's what I got told when I first got saved. Jake, when you don't feel like coming to connect group, which was every week, by the way, when you don't feel like coming to connect group, come to connect group. So every week I didn't feel like going. I said, oh, that means I have to go. I don't know if the guy tricked me, but it worked. I'd say it's actually good advice. That day she came, God gave me a word. And he said, there's someone here today, you'll like this bread. 
What a great ministry the Linders are, aren't they? Let's give them a, give them up for the Linders. I see, I see the updates. I am really wrapping up. I'm getting closer. <laughs> I see the updates, and it's just great what's happening through your life. Um, but she, I, God gave me a word about someone that had a, a major problem with their jaw, and uh, and she put up her hand and she started to walk out. And as she's walking out, as she's walking out, the Holy Spirit came on her jaw, and she could feel just a warmth all around here, and it was healed before she arrived at the front. And it was tears and everything, and she hasn't stopped smiling ever since for three months. I'm telling you guys, if you turn up, if you get really grafted into the community, God can do great things in our life. And it's just about being positioned. It's not because you're doing the right thing to get points in heaven. That's not the case. But it's being smart, intelligent, to position your life in such a way that you can shine optimately through Christ. And the lastly, continue in purpose. And I'll just rattle off these scriptures in the last 10 seconds. Oh, it's going back up. Sorry, in the last five seconds. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, each person is given something to do that shows who God is. We all have something to do that shows who God is. Ephesians 5.17, don't act thoughtlessly, but try to find out what to do, whatever the Lord wants you to do. And so when we operate in our area of giftedness, we reveal God. We actually become the revelation. And Matthew 5.16 says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. The goal is that the earth is filled with his glory. That's the goal. And that's when the church rises in her identity understands the relationship with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, starts to position herself in such a way that they're not operating out of their own strength, but operating out of the free gift of righteousness by grace. And we can find this, that then the earth starts to fill with his glory because the church is rising up in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Let me just, uh, just pray for a moment. Just close your eyes if you don't mind. And I said at the start that we rise up through redemption and righteousness. What's redemption? It just basically means this, that we are separated from a relationship with God on our own terms. Our life cannot be reconciled to God by whatever we do. Therefore, we needed a substitute. We needed someone to take our place. And Jesus took our place. And so it's his sinless life that was actually put in place of our life. And if we actually accept the gift of salvation that God offers to us through Jesus Christ, we can be redeemed. Our life can be redeemed back to the original intention. We're not talking about necessarily a new identity. We're talking about an original identity, the one that God always knew us to be, not the one that got distorted along the way but the original one. God wants you to step into that person. He wants the freedom that comes by you stepping into that person. And it happens through Jesus Christ.